Punk rock legend Johnny Rotten of the Sex Pistols was recently seen wearing a Make America Great Again shirt, and Twitter erupted with leftists freaking out saying, how could this have happened? A punk rock icon being for Trump? How could someone from an Irish working class background actually support Trump? It's not Johnny who changed, it's you. Take it from someone who worked at Vice magazine at a time when uh, they were anything but politically correct. And now look where Vice is, absolutely politically correct. And I talked to some of my former Vice colleagues about the change, and they said, you guys changed and became right wing. And I said, I, I still, I'm still a fan of George Carlin and Jon Stewart. And hold all of the same, for the most part, political positions, I am a gun owner now, that I did back then. And then they said, you're right. Maybe it is us that changed. Maybe it's you all on the left who just drove off a cliff. And now you're surprised to find that the guy who was constantly antagonizing the establishment is still antagonizing the establishment. But there is something else here. Perhaps a sign that regular people are not on board with this far left lunacy and this weird cult of intersectionality. Could it be perhaps that Trump is actually winning? The polls are broken again. Maybe. And that's really what I want to what I want to get into. You know why? Because I saw a video from Bridget Fetisy. You may you may know Bridget. She's a, a columnist, a podcaster, and she's politically homeless. Right. I guess she used to be a liberal kind of like me, but now she doesn't know what she's going to do. She posted a video where a Trump parade was marching for minutes past an intersection in Los Angeles. Los Angeles had a Trump parade. And there have been a bunch of Trump parades throughout the country recently and boat parades. And maybe that sentiment that we're seeing says more than what a poll could ever say. I mean, come on. L.A. is as blue as blue can get. Where are the Trump supporters coming from? Now, OK. Perhaps these Trump supporters are just the few and far between one third of the state that actually are conservative marching around. Or maybe there are people like Johnny Rotten, regular people who don't like the establishment and never did saying straight up, Trump is the counterculture, not you. Have you ever stopped to think about this? These punk rock leftists who claim to still be punk, having all of their opinions align perfectly with every major corporation. What is punk rock about that? Now, listen, I'm 34. I'm not going to pretend to know what the ancient lore of punk rock legend says. I grew up with a bunch of far left friends playing punk rock music. And I'll tell you what it meant to me. Maybe it didn't mean the same thing to you, and maybe this isn't what it actually meant, but it was young people who are spitting in the face of, of social norms and the establishment, the major corporations, the stodgy moral authoritarians. And the reason we wore the clothes we did was because we purposefully did not want to fit in. We wanted to throw it in your face and say, we don't wear the clothes you do. We don't dress like you do. Hence, why you'll never see me wearing a suit. Hence, I went to the White House wearing this, a beanie and a t-shirt. I was the only person. And all these conservatives were laughing. Tim Pool didn't wear a suit to the White House. <laughs> That's Tim. You bet you, <laughs> you bet I didn't wear a suit. I grew up punk rock. I care not for your, your uh, uh, social constructs, for the most part. I think, I, I, you know, I believe in individual freedom. It's why I've always been rather left-leaning. And it's why I absolutely do not care that Johnny Rotten is a Trump supporter and why it's probably no surprise to most of you that I'm actually going to vote for Trump. You know why? 
Middle Eastern peace deals, withdrawing our troops. End of story. Rand Paul tweeted about it. But let's talk about what's really going on, because we've got all this data that says Trump is going to lose. 538 says every day Trump's chances of winning go down, down, down. Take that for what it is. I don't know if it's real. I don't know if it's not. But I'll tell you right now, the data says Trump is going to lose and the Democrats are going to sweep. That could be reality. Don't kid yourself into thinking you've got this in the bag. Now, I know the polls were all messed up last time, but I'm telling you this right now. You better be prepared to crawl over that broken glass figuratively to go and vote for Donald Trump if you want him to win. But there is an interesting article from Town Hall explaining why Donald Trump is actually on track to win and why Biden's actually losing. And I bring this up because I saw Johnny Rotten saying, yep, voting for Trump. And there was a Trump parade in Los Angeles. Isn't that crazy? Isn't something going on? Something's happening. Let's read the story. But before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. There's a P.O. box. But the best thing you can do is share this video. Maybe there are a lot of people you know that are scared to speak up. A poll from the Cato Institute shows that most people are afraid to speak their opinions. In fact, only the far left feels comfortable sharing their opinions. Maybe these people need to realize that whether you like or don't like Trump, we exist. The conversation is real. I insult Trump periodically on my podcast and on Twitter, and Trump supporters just say I humbly disagree or they call me names. And I don't care. We're all adults. Trump supporters don't try to destroy my life over me saying, here's what I don't like about Trump. And that's all I'm asking for. So maybe if you think there are people that are scared to speak up, sharing this video might help them realize that iconic punk rock legends are speaking up and people in Los Angeles are speaking up. Here's the story. Oh, and don't forget, like, subscribe, notification bell. You get you, you get it from The Daily Wire. Iconic Sex pistol singer Johnny Rotten. Of course, I'm voting for Trump. Johnny Rotten famously sang God Save the Queen back in the heyday of punk in the late 1970s. But in 2020, he's singing God Save the Planet. In keeping with the crazy times of this year, even the singer of Pretty Vacant is weighing in on the presidential election. Rotten, whose real name is John Lydon, holds three citizenships, U.S., British and Irish. And he told the BBC he's definitely voting for President Trump in the November 3rd election. Yes, of course, I'm voting for Trump, he said in an interview. He's an individual thinker. I'll give him that for a start. He's not the most he's not the most lovable fellow on God's earth, but I cannot see the opposition as offering me anything by way of a solution. Apparently, Leiden, Johnny Rotten backed Barack Obama in his last two elections and Hillary Clinton in 2016. But he said he supports Trump because of the economy. I'd be daft as a brush not to, he said. He's the only sensible choice now that Biden is up. He's incapable of being the man at the helm. Yup. And that's it for me, too. I didn't support Hillary Clinton. But you know why this is significant? First of all, this is a punk rock legend straight up saying voting for Trump. And that's that's kind of crazy. A lot of conservatives have been saying, you know, cons- uh, conservatism is the new counterculture. And they've been mocked by the left. But you lost Johnny Rotten leftists. I don't know what that means. But it shows us somebody who didn't support uh, Donald Trump in 2016. Let me tell you, it may be meaningless, but I, I did not vote for Trump in 2016. And from 2016 to 2018, I was laughing because I would never vote for the guy. And you will never. And here we are because things changed. The economy did better and better. The media went insane. The Democrats failed us in 2018. The kitchen table issues were thrown off the kitchen table in, in, and, and in their stead. Impeachment, scandal, 25th Amendment. They wouldn't shut up. And then Donald Trump did these peace agreements and he worked on Middle Eastern peace. And I said, and he's withdrawing our troops. And I said, all right, you know what, man? 
with the riots, with Joe Biden. Man, I think Trump's got a lot of problems, but what about what am I supposed to do? Like, I'll take the good economy, man. I'll take the Middle Eastern peace stuff. And, and, and Johnny Rotten saying something similar about the economy. This is, these are two people, me and Rotten, who did not support Trump in 2016. Does that mean Trump's going to win? I don't know. But I'll tell you this. The people who voted for Trump in 2016 have not turned their backs on him. Trump delivered in his promises, many of them, and his base is fired up and marching through the streets. So if you're adding more people to the Trump mix, doesn't it stand to, it doesn't it stand to reason Trump's on track for a victory? Now, listen, I know, I know that may be wishful thinking, wishful thinking, because for me, I'm like, you, you, you put Joe Biden back in that office and you're going to see more war. And that's always been a big deal for me. That's what I was talking about when I was a kid and I was punk rock. I was, I was a teenager coming into the war years of the, of the Bush administration, Halliburton, big military contracts, spending all this money overseas, and then being betrayed by these liberals who abandoned the anti-war movement as soon as their guy won. And Obama went on and carried on the exact same garbage. That's been the, that's the legacy of America, I suppose. And then Donald Trump started doing the same thing. And I left. I said, of course, he talks about peace. Here he is firing missiles at Syria. He was criticizing Hillary Clinton because she was going to start a war with Russia. Here's Trump firing missiles at Syria. What did these leftists say? He's only doing it because Putin allowed him to do it. Oh, shut up. Well, I was mad about the missile strikes. I'm mad about the drone strikes still and the commando raids. But now we've got at least as far as I can see some improvement. And Joe Biden is not going to keep up that trend. So maybe it's a long shot. But you know what? I'll take what I can get with Trump. Here's what 538 says. Out of 22 possibilities, only three have a Trump victory. They currently have Trump at 14% chance of winning. Maybe. Yeah. Who am I to doubt the ivory tower elites who know better than I, a humble mixed race high school dropout from the south side of Chicago? Well, I don't know much about them fancy learning books, Mr. Nate Silver, but I do know about them fancy uh, parades happening in Los Angeles. This is a tweet from Bridget Phetasy. She said, sorry, I'm late, Pamela Peresky, but um, and in the video, she says there is a Trump parade in Los Angeles. Trump might want to come to California. I, I don't think California is going to flip. But if you've got people in L.A. marching for Trump, is Beverly <laughs> a Trump parade in Beverly Hills? Oh, wow. Yeah, not the first time we've seen it either. Now, that is crazy. Maybe there's a lot of people who are finally realizing they can speak up. Maybe there's a lot of people who realize that the actual counterculture is opposing the mainstream corporations. Well, like I said, I don't know about them fancy learning books, Mr. Nate Silver, but I can show you this from Loudwire. Twitter loses it over Johnny Rotten wearing a MAGA shirt. And there's one thing I want to show you. It's this, this tweet. People just found out Johnny Rotten is a Trump supporter and are losing their minds. And the image is a tattooed woman angry, pointing to a sign that says, you are not punk rock. You're not punk unless your social views align perfectly with every major corporation. Okay, maybe that's punk, I guess, because, you know, the people who are in punk don't just stop being punk because they've won power, right? Apparently, the founder of Bad Religion has come out saying you must support all of these movements and all these punk rock people have just become the establishment. So I guess technically they're still punk in their ideologies. But to me, punk was always about being an, a rambunctious youth defying mainstream establishment thinking. And my position doesn't change based on whether or not my, my, my views are more popular or, or aren't. 
Neither do theirs. That's why punk rock has become mainstream. So I'm not going to pretend that, you know, being conservative is punk in the essence of what punk was supposed to be that I understand. But let me tell you, I believe in free speech. So when you see Johnny Rotten or Sid Vicious wearing extremely offensive symbols, that was the point. They were trying to offend you, kind of like many trolls today. They're trying to be offensive. They're trying to challenge the status quo. Throw it in your face. That I get. And it's kind of why I have this kind of milk toast punk rock thing going on where I'll show up to the White House wearing a beanie and a t-shirt, you know, because I'm not going to wear a suit. You know, you want to something funny? I got invited to the uh, uh, the Clinton Foundation Black Tie Gala. That's right. And I told them I would go if I can wear a t-shirt and a hoodie. And they said no. And I said, then I'm not going. True story. I got that invite a long time ago. It was back during Occupy Wall Street. I'm not going to put on a suit. You nuts. Never happened. Well, well, let's talk about whether or not Donald Trump is going to win. Whether or not this punk rock thing is legit. Because I'll tell you this. If these leftists really do make up the mainstream establishment, then it stands to reason Outside of the polls, there's a good reason to believe Biden will win because people hate Donald Trump. But this article from Town Hall says proof Biden is not winning. And it's an opinion piece, but it gives some reason to believe that outside of this establishment worldview, Donald Trump is winning and he's probably winning by a lot. I mean, there was a poll showing from the Sunday Express, the Democracy Institute together, that Donald Trump was up by one point and winning all the battleground states. It just showed you Bridget Fetis's tweets where Trump supporters are parading around Los Angeles of all places. But let's read this. There's a lot of really good points to be made. Town Hall. This is from Wayne Allen Root. He says, back in 2016, I played Paul Revere, except my announcement was the Trump victory is coming. The Trump victory is coming. I made over 1500 TV and radio appearances to deliver the message that the polls were all wrong. I told Donald Trump supporters again and again to ignore the fake news and the fake polls. Tens of thousands of Trump voters emailed me to thank me for giving them hope when all seemed lost. Hundreds of conservative radio and TV hosts thanked me for keeping up the spirits of the Trump army when Trump voters were at their darkest and lowest points. For better or, or worse, that's my best talent in life, seeing through the faulty math, lies, fraud, and propaganda of pollsters in the mainstream media in order to keep Trump voters excited, motivated, focused, and in the game. I was right in 2016. I will be right again November 3rd. Now I'll point this out. I suppose the idea is in, the, in their attempts to correct themselves, the polls only got worse. Or it could be that the mainstream universe and how they handle their, their, their polling doesn't make sense anymore. And they're missing tons of new voters. The polling could be broken even worse than it was in 2016. Because if trends in media can, are, are continuing, cord cutting it essentially, then I would say the polls are continually being disrupted and they don't know how to fix it in this short amount of time. Let's read what he says. Despite all the faulty, faulty polls showing a double digit loss, I believe Trump is on his way to a landslide electoral victory, slightly bigger than 2016. And I can prove it. First, this election looks like a carbon copy of 2016. Every poll back then showed Trump headed for disaster, but I had a secret weapon. I called it the taxi poll. My buddy drove a taxi in Vegas. Every person who got in her taxi was told, I'm doing a poll. It's 100% confidential. I don't even know your name. So tell me who you're voting for. The results were overwhelmingly for Trump. I knew then what was about to happen. Today, I have what's called the truckers poll. But it's not just my trucker fans, my fans who drive cross country in their RVs. All of them report the same phenomenon. In middle America, there are thousands and thousands of Trump lawn signs. But where are the Biden signs? There are almost none to be found. Now I'm going to stop right there and offer a rebuttal. Enthusiasm for Trump may be high. 
and enthusiasm for Biden may be low, but anti-Trump enthusiasm is also very, very high on par with Trump enthusiasm. Keep that in mind. However, I do want to add, I know a couple of uh, um, TV personalities and, uh, you know, political commentary uh, uh, individuals who had been working out of Europe for some time. And this was in 2017. I was talking to them and they said they knew Trump was going to win. And I asked them how. You see, in Europe, all the news was saying the polls show Trump losing. Trump is losing. Everyone hates Trump. All the interviews where Trump is bad. And then they flew back to the United States and landed in a rural, a a more rural area, not completely like a smaller city with like suburbs. And the only thing they saw was Trump signs everywhere. And they said, that's the moment we realized the media was wrong and Trump was definitely going to win. Everywhere they had traveled, there were Trump signs and no signs for Hillary Clinton. And we're seeing the same thing now. I mean, people are putting up Biden signs. Some people are putting up Harris signs, a little Biden in the eye. So maybe Harris is the key, but I think Harris is unlikable. I think Joe Biden seems inept. And now you've got people like me and Johnny Rotten, who did not support Trump in 2016, saying they will now. What does that mean? Maybe a Trump victory. He says, folks understand this. What polls say doesn't matter. What people say to pollsters doesn't matter. What matters is only the votes of people in a few key battleground states, in particular, Florida and Ohio, Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. My fans tell me these states are 100 percent Trump country. In small towns and outer suburbs, you can't find any support for Biden. I can attest to this. I recently, uh, I, I, I still actually live in the South Jersey area. We're just currently setting up the new studio. So my residence is still actually South Jersey. This is a blue, a blue district. And it's like, it's like pretty blue. It's like almost plus 10 blue. Everyone I talk to, Trump. Everyone I talk to, Trump. I was talking to some people. Uh, who worked in local, lo- some, some local professionals. I don't want to give up too much, too much information because, you know, I retain their privacy. And they told me they had voted Democrat even in 2016. They were voting Trump now. When asked why, they said they didn't know what to believe. The media lies too much. So they've had a great economy over the past several years and they're going to vote for Trump because they just think the media won't shut up and it's all fake news. And that's not Trump creating that. That's them repeatedly being lied to and finally getting angry about it. I mean, the economy was doing so well. Who would believe these people? Let's read more. He says the media quotes nonstop any poll that shows Trump losing by double digits. But I never heard a word about the Democracy Institute Sunday Express poll from this week showed Trump beating Biden 46 to 45 and winning almost all battleground states by a healthy margin. That poll did not oversample Democrats by a mile, as most other polls do, and only polled likely voters. According to Gallup, based on voter enthusiasm, we will not see historic voter turnout. Now, I know some people have disagreed with that, and there's good reason to believe so. Maybe the polls are wrong. But if Gallup is right and there won't be historic voter turnout, then it sounds like (laughs) sounds like Trump's going to win because the Democrats are not going to muster the amount of people they need to defeat Trump, especially if Trump's base is growing. He says, Or the poll watch released this week that shows Trump winning nationally in battleground states and the Electoral College. Trump dominates on the two issues that matter most, the economy and law and order. Or have you heard that in the real clear politics battleground average, Trump is slightly ahead of where he was this time in 2016 on his way to victory over Hillary? Most most importantly, a new Gallup poll reports 56 percent of people say they are better off now under Trump than they were four years ago under Obama and, and Biden. Every expert knows what clinches elections. It's the economy, stupid. I'm going to stop you right there. You don't get to tell me in the entire uh, thread that polls are irrelevant 
and, you know, and meaningless. It doesn't matter what they say. And then quite literally cite a poll from Gallup. Okay, I'm not interested. And to be fair, I guess you can argue that a Gallup poll on how people are feeling is very, very different from who they're going to vote for. And if 56% of people say they're better off now, it may be that those 56% of people are going to vote for Trump because they want to maintain the status quo. I mean, even after COVID, the poll said this. If the polls are wrong in that they oversample Democrats, well, then this Gallup poll actually shows that Trump is doing even better than we realize. He says they may not tell pollsters they are, but when they when they walk in the voting booth, they're all voting Trump. If Americans aren't yet convinced Trump is great for our economy on, on October 29th, five days before the election, the third quarter gross domestic product will be released. The Atlanta Fed estimates it will be 34.6% economic growth, the highest in the history of America. <laughs> if that's true, Trump is going to landslide a few days before the election, 34%. All right. Game, set, match, checkmate. Still not convinced? Since the primaries were born in 1912, no incumbent has ever lost the general election after receiving 75% or more of the votes from their party in the primaries. Trump received 94% of all cast in the 2020 Republican primaries. And even though Trump is running essentially unopposed in many of these states, he had record voter turnout. People came out to vote for Trump and they didn't have to do it. You know what? You know why they came out? Two reasons. A lot of people came out to vote in the primaries for Trump, even though they didn't have to, because it felt good. It's that it's that F you man to the establishment. I think another reason is that people are desperate to make sure Donald Trump wins, terrified of what happens if he actually loses. There will be no demoralization of Trump voters. They will figuratively crawl over broken glass to vote for him and vote in person. They say, by the way, or I'm sorry, one more factor. Because of fear of COVID, Team Biden has hardly knocked on any doors, but Trump volunteers have knocked on over 20 million in battleground states, 12 million to zero. You don't think that changes things on election day? By the way, Biden and VP nominee Kamala Harris had an event in Arizona. Eight people showed up. The liberal media is about to be shocked and awed on November 3rd again. Trump is about to win an electoral landslide again. And this modern day Paul Revere is right on the money again. Maybe, maybe he's wrong. It's just his opinion. I'm going to tell you this. You haven't won until you won. What I will say is there are some other personalities that put out electoral predictions and nailed it. And many of these people are putting out their predictions now, and they're very, very similar. The predicted betting pool shows Joe Biden and Donald Trump on a similar trajectory in the betting odds. The pollsters, I think they're wrong. And I think they're wrong not because, look, I think they're wrong. I think Trump's going to win, but I, I, I think I ultimately don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's just my gut feeling. I really did think Trump was going to win, but I just couldn't get over my bias that the system was rigged. Now, considering the fact that Trump won, I think a bunch of Trump voters who may have been demoralized in 2016 will come out realizing Trump actually can win. And Trump actually needs your support if he's going to win. I think I think Trump's going to win. And the main reason I think the polls are broken has more to do with the change in our society, how the Internet is revolutionizing the game. Interestingly, Tucker Carlson's got the biggest cable TV news show in history at a time when ratings were supposed to be collapsing. Donald Trump has saved Twitter and he saved cable news media. But you are watching me here on YouTube. I mean, this is a very, very different way of absorbing and sharing information. And maybe you are sharing that information. That means the people you share it with also aren't getting their information from CNN. And so when the pollsters do their polls, who are they reaching out to? Are they reaching out to you? 
someone who was only recently made politically active because of the internet and because someone reached out to you, or the longstanding politico who watches CNN or Fox News all day. I think Donald Trump has turned the lights on for many different areas of this country, in a matter of speaking, meaning that these people are starting to light up as voters where they normally were inactive. Pollsters don't poll these people. And I think more and more people are waking up due to the threat of critical race theory, cancel culture, and just far left insanity. Regular people who don't want conflict are being forced into the fray by the riots. And now they're going out and buying weapons. And I don't think these people are going to vote for a far left insurgency. I think they're going to vote to be left alone. And that vote is a vote for Donald Trump. Now, of course, of course, I could be wrong. Many people do not like Donald Trump. But let me wrap this all back up with what I was saying and what the story is really about. John Lydon, Lydon, Johnny Rotten, Trump support leaves, uh, uh, leaves Trump, tr- John Lydon's Trump support leaves Sex Pistols fans feeling rotten. That's a very, very funny play on words. But let me show you this one tweet from uh, at Connor. Ten year old me is absolutely gutted that this is what his hero turned into. John Lydon. About as punk as a game of golf. Big effing poser. Maybe it's you. You're the poser. You're the one who's lining up behind Oreo cookies and Coca-Cola to profess your, your, your allegiance to this corporate mantra. You're not punk rock. At least, I guess you are in the sense of, I don't know, whatever punk was supposed to be back then. Maybe punk was always about weird leftist politics. I don't think so. I mean, it wasn't when I was a kid. I didn't grow up in the 70s. I grew up in the, in the early 90s. And so punk was very different back then. But it was about skateboarding and running from, you know, like we'd go skate and the cops would come out and we'd be like, oh, run, cheese it. Ah. And we'd, you know, we were rebels. We, we did not fit in with the mainstream. Now skateboarding is fairly mainstream and there are people who still don't like it. But these people saying that they grew up and their hero turned, you know, they're gutted. I'll tell you this. I grew up listening to punk rock and uh, I am not gutted in the least bit by Johnny Rotten supporting Trump. I get it. And he supported Clinton last time. Now, how many people do you think feel the exact same way he does? That, to me, is a bigger indicator that Trump is on track to win. Maybe Trump is not, however. I guess we'll just have to, as I often say, wait and see. But if you haven't already, you can vote. You could vote early. You can go vote. And, and you should. You absolutely should. I, w- I would like to see record voter turnout. I don't care who you vote for. If you want Biden, so be it. If you want Joe Jorgensen, please. Vote for the person you believe is best. Never vote for the lesser of two evils, because then you're wasting your vote. Vote for who you believe in and who you want. And don't take my word for it. Don't vote for Trump because I said, here are the reasons why I, I, I want, because I don't like the wars in the Middle East and I want peace. That's a good reason for me. What's the reason for you? If you agree with me, then sure, you can vote for Trump. If you don't like Trump and you think he's bad for the office, then please don't. Vote your conscience and you will never waste your vote. Vote for Biden or Trump because you hate the other guy is just, ugh. I guess, though, there are a lot of people that are voting for Trump because they're scared of the far left. And I get it. I do. But in in that sense, I guess I could say that Trump is actively fighting them and Trump is banning critical race theory. So he is the best bet. He's only one man, though. The rest is going to be up to you. And that's why we're seeing protests, rallies and marches and people speaking up. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Timcast News. It is my second channel. And I will see you all. uh, And that's at 6 p.m. And I'll see you all then. Yesterday in Denver, a Trump supporter was gunned down, shot in the face. Initial reports suggested that the individual who fired the lethal shot was Antifa or associated with Antifa. This does not appear to be the case, but 
The individual is a leftist. Now, let me break this down. There's a lot to go through. Some people are highlighting a tattoo the man has claiming this proves that he's Antifa. It doesn't. Give me a minute to go through all the evidence. What, what we've collected so far. Now, it seems this man is in custody. It appears that he's been charged with first degree murder. The left is trying to argue that the Trump supporter attacked him first. Therefore, uh, this man with the gun was justified. There's a lot to break down. What we can say uh, right now, the individual who killed the Trump supporter at this right wing rally was a security guard hired by a local news outlet. And this security guard has a long history of leftist activism. Posts on Facebook saying left is best, criticizing the right, posting images and praise for left wing YouTube shows. This guy's very obviously a leftist. And there are photos of him participating in Occupy protests. Now, that doesn't mean he's overtly associated with Antifa, but there is still a kind of passive connection. Not really. I'm not going to tell you that this guy was organizing or active with any Antifa groups. We can't prove that. The tattoo he has is not an Antifa tattoo, and I will show you all of this. But let's 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 first uh, go through the news and break down exactly what happened. But let me just say outright, this news organization, Nine News, should have vetted their armed security guards. They sent an armed leftist to a Trump rally. What did you think was going to happen? Now, I know a lot of people want this guy to be Antifa, but listen, uh, he's not. And I think this is worse. I mean, look, it was an armed security guard. The Trump supporter appears to have slapped him in the face, knocking his head off. There's still no justification for him then later pulling his gun and shooting this man in the face, killing him. But what this says to me is that this is a regular progressive guy. This is not some active far left Antifa guy who's going to planning meetings to overthrow capitalism. No, this is just like a Bernie guy. And this is a Bernie guy shooting a Trump supporter in the face. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't look. I'm just going to read the news because we're get, it's getting crazy, man. The Denver Post. One dead after gunfire at downtown Denver rallies. Private security guard on contract by Nine News in custody. Will the Denver Post show us the history of this man proving he's a leftist? Of course they won't. And none of these outlets are. It's very difficult to find information on this. But I've actually gone to this man's Facebook page, confirmed his tattoos, figured out where the tattoos come from, what they mean. Yes, he's a leftist. This may not be politically motivated, but I'm I'll am put it this way just to make sure I preface this in the beginning. If you've got a guy who is overtly anti-Trump, pro-left, left is best, he's a, he's a political tribalist, you give him a weapon and say, now go to a Trump rally. What do you think is going to happen? The Denver Post says a Denver Post staff member witnessed the fatal confrontation. This story was updated after authorities called into question the accuracy of that journalist's report concerning the affiliation of the shooter. Denver Post said the man who fired the shot was a left wing demonstrator. Now, of course, Antifa is using that to prove to claim that people like me and other journalists are lying and tricking you. This is a disgusting and duplicitous technique that it works out in their favor. Denver Post screwed this one up miserably. They said outright left wing demonstrator kills Trump supporter, right wing demonstrator. And of course, then when everyone picked up the story, the left then got the update saying it wasn't true and claimed that we're all lying now. Congratulations, Denver Post. Fake news. One person has died. 
And another man who Nine News confirmed was a private security guard contracted by them is in custody. All right, let's turn that off. Is in custody. Nine News reported that one of their employees and a contractor for the television station were taken into custody. It was later confirmed the guard was contracted through Pinkerton. That is that that it has been the practice of Nine News for a number of months to hire private security to accompany staff at protests. Police initially said two people were taken into custody, but later said one of them was not involved in the incident. They tweeted that the suspect was a private security guard with no affiliation with Antifa. Now, that's not completely true. The guy was not actively organizing with Antifa. He did follow, I think, one account that uses the Antifa hashtag. Not the biggest deal in the world, but he's a leftist. The incident occurred after a man participating in what was billed as a Patriot rally sprayed mace at another man. That man then shot the other individual with a handgun near the courtyard outside of Den- the Denver Art Museum, according to a Denver Post journalist who witnessed the incident. In a news conference after the incident, Division Chief Joe Montoya said police could not confirm the shooter or victim's affiliations, but said the incident started as a verbal altercation. Two guns were found at the scene, he said, as well as a mace can. I just... I, I don't understand how we're in this era where it took me just a, a, a bit of research. And, I'm, and, 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 you know, 4chan found all this stuff out immediately to figure out this guy's an avowed leftist. He, he, he posted on Facebook, hashtag left is best. Pictures of him at Occupy rallies, marching with, with activists, holding up signs, criticizing the police. I've got his entire Twitter history, anarcho, Twitter accounts, all this stuff. When asked about the Nine News report, Montoya said he could not confirm any connection only saying that the department was still interviewing witnesses. One of those witnesses was a Denver Post photojournalist. We're hopeful that as soon as possible, we can get the factual information out as to what led to this, who the individuals involved were. We're hopeful that the information will, will help kind of calm the waters a little bit. The rallies at Civic Center on Saturday came less than a month before a presidential election. This we know. The right-wing protesters led by John Teagan, an El Paso County resident, gathered in the park amphitheater and occasionally chanted patriotic songs and held up banners. Juan Quinones, a member of the biker gang Sons of Silence, decided to attend the right wing rally after seeing Tegan's event posted online. He arrived after police had closed off the amphitheater, but stayed with other right leaning protesters. Quinones said he wasn't attending the event to start trouble, but he would defend himself if he was attacked. He blamed violence on the left. If you don't come out and listen and talk and speak, then they win. The left wing group, which organizers called BLM Antifa Soup Drive, held up flags and signs railing against Nazis and white supremacists as they gathered in the middle of the park, several hundred feet from the barricaded off amphitheater. An hour in, the police had fired what appeared to be pepper balls after people from the leftist group started rattling a barrier headed into the amphitheater. One protester burned a thin blue line flag in front of the officers. Now, the soup drive uh, uh, poster they put up showed soup cans being thrown through the air. It's a reference to them throwing beans at police officers, federal law enforcement in Portland, and Donald Trump calling out that they were throwing tuna cans and soup cans. So they had this image where you can see cans, you know, floating through the air with rainbows coming off the back of them. The soup drive idea appealed to Isabel DeFrancesca, who said she came out because she liked the idea to help low income folks. She brought pasta, but said she was apprehensive about what, she, what she's seen online in, in, in anticipation of the events. Richard Johnson and Amy Thompson were walking by the amphitheater when they passed the rally. America, by and large, if you look at the media, thinks that most of America is for defunding the police, and it is the hard liberal left that want and wants to riot in the streets. And I personally don't believe the numbers bear that out, Johnson said. Barbara Linsky of Den- Denver said she attended the counter protest. Nobody is judge, jury, and executioner. 
And we need to go forward and not backward. She said, she said, uh, she said, white supremacist groups represent moving backward. Okay, so let, let, let me let me go through some of the uh, uh, information we have on who this guy is first. We have this here. Um, it appears that he was charged with first degree murder. This tweet from Ian Miles Chong. I did go to the Denver inmate websites and tried looking up the stuff, but it appears gone. Uh, it, it, it doesn't come up for me anymore, so I'm not entirely sure. Take it all with a grain of salt. This is what uh, many people are saying appeared on the Denver uh, Corrections website. Matthew Doloff wanted uh, charged with first degree murder yesterday uh, and, and brought to the downtown detention center. Now, we have this viral thread from Taylor Hansen. Taylor Hansen is the founder of Baby Lives Matter, who says, yesterday in Denver, a conservative was executed by Matt Doloff. Denver police claim he has no connections to Antifa, but that's not what the evidence says. This is a threat exposing the truth behind the murder. He may have some connection to Antifa. He is not Antifa. And, and again, we're going to go through this. He says, here Matt is pictured at Occupy Wall Street. He had a very extensive past of activism and speaking out against corporations and the police. He's been heavily involved in Occupy, which later pushed members to Antifa. That is true. But not every Occupy person went on to become Antifa. In fact, many Occupy activists are Trump supporters right now. I've met many of them. I know many Occupy people. I was there at Occupy Wall Street when it started. And there are many people who are concerned about the Trans-Pacific Partnership, free trade agreements, and, and elitism. And they said Bernie. And when Bernie didn't win, they said Trump. That's where we're at now. It doesn't mean they are Antifa. In fact, during Occupy Wall Street, we called them black bloc anarchists. They weren't. They were probably, you know, Antifa was probably a better phrase for it. Revolutionary communists, etc. But they were actually troublemakers that most of the occupiers did not like because the violence muddied their message and made them look bad. Now, however, many of these same occupied people who stayed true to their tribe have fully embraced Antifa tactics. That's true. It doesn't mean this guy was Antifa, but it's important context. We can see that he's got protest signs on his Facebook page. Matt is a registered Democrat, not just a Democrat, but a socialist. His love for Bernie runs deep, deep enough to have a YouTube playlist dedicated to him. Yes, it's true. As you see, past posts from his Facebook show signs of early radicalization, anti-Trump and anti-cop rhetoric. He openly supports Black Lives Matter. Yes, this is a Black Lives Matter leftist, not Antifa. There is a difference. I've, tr I've tried stressing this difference for quite some time. And let me explain. If you miss my segments on this, Antifa is typically anti-capitalist, typically revolutionary com communist, and but it's, it's, it's a wide mix. They tend to use authoritarian tactics of large groups beating people into submission and threatening them. But as of late, the violence we've seen across this country is only somewhat Antifa. It's mostly Black Lives Matter. That's why this is so important. Openly supporting Black Lives Matter, Bernie Sanders leftist. Okay, so. Let me let me show you some of the posts he made. Ran into a Trump supporter with a Trump button, told him I like I like his racist button, had nothing to say. I'm not voting for either. If BLM did. So this is 2016. He's basically saying if Black Lives Matter did what the terrorists are doing in Oregon, taking over a federal building. Remember the move bombing. So this is going back 2016. He was posting in support of Black Lives Matter. Here he is wearing a Bernie shirt at a at what appears to be some kind of a leftist rally or, or, or political event. The difference between Antifa and Black Lives Matter is that if Antifa comes out and goes to a college and says, how many of you want to overthrow capitalism? A bunch of them are going to be like, I don't know. Why? Some of them are going to say, yes, of course. If you go to a college campus and say, how many of you want to end racism? They're going to go, yay, and they're going to join you. Thus, many of the people who are coming out and rioting are doing so in the name of Black Lives Matter. 
pulled this from his Twitter fo- uh, from his Twitter following. He is a far leftist with public ties to Occupy, as well as ding, 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 Antifa. He also has a Space Invaders tattoo, a common logo used among Antifa. The tattoo he has is not Antifa. I can prove it. I will show you. But let me first show you his Twitter following. He's got one one Twitter account. It's mostly Occupy, okay? Occupy Seattle, Occupy Antifa. He has not been posting to Twitter in the past several years. That's why I think it's important to, to, to say he's not particularly active. Most of his posts online are about animals. I do not believe this guy is a, 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 is a common tribalist, like politically active person right now. He is a BLM leftist. The general strike account that he follows has hashtag Antifa in it. That's that's not relevant in my opinion. He mostly follows Occupy, though the Occupy accounts do use Antifa imagery and do, as of right now, support uh, for the most part uh, the the general idea of what Antifa does. They 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 uh, embrace something called it uh, supporting a diversity of tactics or something. And what this means is that if they go out and and protest. And Antifa shows up and throws bricks. You have to respect that they're throwing bricks. I would be willing to bet this guy is in support of Antifa for sure. But himself, no. I think what we have here is a failure on the part of the security company and the news outlet to vet who they were sending armed to riots. First, I want to show you the Space Invader uh, t- uh, image. These are common stickers. Rosa Antifa. Space invaders against fascism. There's space invaders against racism. It's a very, very common thing. However, uh, uh, we see these these images going around claiming the tattoo he has of the space invader is of the Antifa tattoo. They say on this page, we'll find current stickers. The following stickers from the space invaders series are all linked to printable versions in JPEG, blah, blah, blah. If you'll notice his space invader tattoo does not have writing above it. The Antifa version does. It says Space Invaders Against, and then under it, it says Racism. I, I, I had a high-resolution version of this photo. I couldn't find it uh, uh, after I saw it last night, and I'm, I probably should have saved it. But I was able to pull up some photos, and you can see what looks like three letters, a dot, followed by several letters. And the first thing I saw when I saw this image was S-U-B, sub. And, and so I'm thinking to myself, what does sub mean, and what does that have to do with Space Invaders. I went to the guy's Facebook profile and I found out it is not an Antifa tattoo. This is Matt the Alien. This is one of his one of the images he posted on his Facebook page. Sub dot mission with the Space Invader symbol. Matt the Alien. Matt the Alien seems to be his DJ name. And the Space Invader is just a reference to aliens. Space Invader is a very popular and common symbol. And if you look, it does look like it says sub dot mission with the space invader tattoo under his arm. Sub dot mission. We, here we can see it's it's the, his website moving people through sound, not hype. Sub dot mission agency. They have an artist roster. Our dot mission does not appear to be Antifa. OK, this is the most important point. However, what do we have here? The guy's um, relatively active leftist. He's got recent posts on his Facebook that are publicly visible. I can't see his private posts. I'm not friends with him or anything like that on Facebook. But you can see in one of his public posts, he's got an image of an individual from a leftist YouTube show. And he says, hashtag left is best. The post was made in um, memoriam, I suppose, is right way to say it, for a, a, left, a, a prominent left wing personality who died recently. 
And I am not going to I'm, I'm not saying this to insinuate anything having to do with those personalities or their show has anything to do with what happened here. I do not believe this guy killed the Trump supporter because he was a tribalist seeking some kind of revenge or wanting some conflict or war. But I will tell you, well, let, let, let me break it down. Listen, there are photos of the Trump supporter slapping him in the face. His hat gets knocked off. Then there's space between the two men. The Trump supporter, I guess the guy has a gun. The Trump supporter, is, they're, they're both holding their weapons up. The, the, the BLM guy, the leftist guy, uh, you can see in the photo, the gun has already discharged. This is what's crazy about the photo going around. It is one of, it, it's like catching a, a, a lightning strike in terms of how precise this photo was. The, fo- the photo journalist, wow, got that photo. You can actually see the Trump supporter spraying mace. And you can see the man with the with the gun discharging at the exact moment of discharge when the Trump supporter was already shot. It's crazy. It would seem that this security guard for the journalist was uh, for some reason an altercation broke out. The Trump supporter smacked him in the face, knocking his hat off, backed away. This guy fired. I believe this guy will be uh, will be convicted. Um, he'll probably plead down, maybe maybe to a lesser charge. But this is there's, there's no self-defense here. Um, uh, we went through a bunch of rules, laws and precedent last night as the story was breaking to try and uh, figure out what this could be. You do not have the right to shoot someone in the face if they're about to spray you with pepper spray. That just doesn't fly. There's potentially an argument that he didn't know what the guy was holding, but that's unlikely. That's likely not to hold water because the dude was holding the mace the entire time in his hand and his hand is covered in it. There's no way that guy wouldn't have noticed that what was in his hand was pepper spray. There was a decent amount of distance between the two men. And so what we have here is this individual had the ability to retreat and chose not to instead chose to discharge his weapon in the face of the man who smacked him. Now, the bigger picture, this guy was a leftist, a Bernie Sanders supporting Occupy Wall Street, anti-Trump, anti-cop, pro-BLM leftist. He may not be super politically active, he may just be a, a passive leftist and that he doesn't go out for all these protests. He was hired by a security company who needs to vet their people and a news organization that did not vet who they were hiring. They gave a gun to a leftist and sent him to a Trump rally. Now, I'm not saying the guy who shot the Trump supporter was maliciously trying to hunt down Trump supporters. What I'm saying is you've got a guy who already is scared and angry at the Trump supporters. You give him a gun. He already hates these people. He's already scared about scared of them, worried about them. Very likely sees a ton of anti-Trump propaganda. Just the other day, I covered a segment about Keith Olbermann, former MSNBC, GQ and ESPN personality resistance Democrats saying that Trump supporting maggots need to be removed from society. So this guy who clearly watches leftist online content may have seen things like this. Still, I'm not saying that he, you know, he was going out there with the intent to harm anybody. What I'm saying is that he was set, he was sent out. He had a clear and obvious bias, which meant he's, he's likely going to agitate. He's likely going to view these people with, with uh, disdain or contempt, which will likely escalate tensions. Now we can talk about uh, influence and social media because you've got leftists trying to claim that simply by talking about it, I am contributing or whatever. 
Look, to a certain degree, anybody having a conversation will inform other people and things can happen. That's that's true. Except I routinely condemn violence, tell people not to go out, engage in conflict, criticize the Proud Boys for going to Portland and tell everyone to have your own events and speak up. And, and, and I think in the, a month ago, I said, stay home and make money. I think it was Mike Cernovich who said that. Don't go out. Don't engage in these events. They literally just killed a guy. I say I say they in a general sense, like it's a dude who came out and killed somebody. You don't want to be out and active in this stuff. Now, what about Keith Olbermann, who calls for pe- these Trumps, the maggots to be removed? He's dehumanizing. He's escalating. And well, congratulations, Keith. Someone just removed one of those uh, so a quote unquote maggots, as you called them. No, my, my stance is always do not engage in violence. Do not confront these people. Stay away from them. And that's the best we can do. So what, 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 what can be said? Well, I'll tell you what. I don't, I don't know or care who, who this leftist guy was, was watching in terms of, uh, leftist content. I think that's irrelevant. I know, I know who he was watching and it's a prominent leftist. I don't think it's that leftist's fault. Just because you want to talk about how you don't like Trump and you don't like white supremacists or Proud Boys doesn't mean you're ever going to be responsible for what lunatics go out and do in the streets. Same is true for, for anybody. But I would I would absolutely reiterate and state, do not engage in this conflict. You want to hold a rally? You can like my, my advice, do it and don't bring mace. Don't bring paintball guns. Stand back. Stand down. Otherwise, it's just going to get worse. Now, of course, many people are adamant this guy was Antifa. I guess if you wanted to say that in the general sense of this nebulous term of leftist, fine. But he's not. He's not flying the flag. He's he's a normie Bernie Sanders, Black Lives Matter supporting leftist. The motivation for the killing was probably just he got slapped in the face and shot the guy in the face. But he had his prejudices. This was a huge failure on the part of the news organization and the, the security company. And I'll leave it there. We'll see how this plays out. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then. Last night, far left extremists flying the Black Lives Matter flag were quickly ambushed by Portland police from every direction, shutting them down. Nearly every single one of these extremists arrested on the spot. In minutes, mass arrest at small North Portland protest. Could this be the end of the ongoing Portland riots? Well, we've seen lulls in the past. Of course, as you know, these individual, these officers have been deputized at federal level. Perhaps. I think what sets this moment apart from the other moments is that the cops swooped in before anything happened, arrested every single one of them. Now, how were the cops able to do this? You may ask. It's because a Black Lives Matter activist snitched on them to the police. And so the cops were able to form a pincer move, both sides swoop in. It was swift and amazing. And this is the kind of police tactics that may actually stop them from coming out, because even though the DA may keep releasing them and dropping the charges, the cops, if they're able to stop these 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 riots before they even start, well, then it's just going to be a routine night, a couple hours work for the cops. You swoop in, you wrap them, you, you, you grab all these people, throw them in a truck. No riots, no fires, no protests, and people probably getting arrest, uh, probably getting tired of being arrested so often. I also have some, some updates on what happened with the Denver incident, the shooting there with the security guard I want to go over. 
We've got now people talking about new information, and I want to talk about how the media is playing this, and we'll clarify some of this. But let's let's read the story first. Mass arrest at small North Portland protest. According to journalists at the protest, nearly every demonstrator was arrested with little to no warning. They say, Portland, Oregon, a small crowd gathered outside of the Portland Police Bureau's North Precinct near Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard and Northeast Killingsworth Street. According to independent journalists reporting from the small protest, police only gave one warning before beginning a mass arrest. The arrest, according to freelance journalist Justin Yao, some of the arrests, arrestees were marked medics. Probably doesn't matter to the cops. Justin says, after one warning to stay off the streets, Portland police rapid response arrived and conducted mass arrests. PPP did not declare an unlawful assembly. There wasn't even an assembly. Another freelance journalist, Alyssa Azar, posted video to her Twitter account of police dispersing press, despite it being unlawful to do so due to a temporary restraining order in place. The officer can be heard saying, I don't care what that TRO says. Wow. Lawlessness, man. Look, I know you might not like Antifa and these courts are are irksome and the DA won't charge these people. But if no one is willing to abide by any rules, then where do we go? I don't know. Sergio Olmos, a reporter with the Oregon Public Broadcasting, with Oregon Public Broadcasting, said the protest lasted only minutes and almost every demonstrator was arrested. Almost goes on to say that police warned protesters to get out of the street where they did not have a permit to be walking. No unlawful assembly was declared. This is the 123rd day of protests in Portland or 135th, depending on what your criteria is. The protests began because of George Floyd. We know this. Demonstrators have marched in protest of police brutality against the black community. That is a lie. There's the lie. And that's what we're going to be breaking down for y'all. You see, the reason these people got rounded up very, very quickly was because they are not, in fact, protesting for Black Lives Matter. They do not actually care about ICE detainees or any of this stuff. These are Antifa uh, revolutionary communists who are flying the Black Lives Matter flag to trick people into supporting them. How popular is communism? I mean, it's got its adherence, but it's not particularly. How popular is Black Lives Matter? I think their net support is around, you know, nine or so percent, meaning they have more than uh, more support than opposition. I think total support, according to civics for Black Lives Matter, is around 48 or 49 percent. The plurality, not the majority, but that's still a lot of people to pull from. So if they come out and they say, who wants to go, you know, enact revolutionary communism, people don't come. You may have seen these in videos, these Revcom guys. They wear boots and uniforms and they march and they go left, right, left, and they're, they're communists. Nobody wants to be a part of your, your kooky revolutionary communism. Black Lives Matter, however, is popular. It's in the NFL, it's in the NBA, it's on billboards. It attracts people. Well, they claim to be protesting for them. In fact, they aren't. And you end up seeing this. Rico, Angelo, Devera, you sly dog. I know about the direct action in Alberta tonight at 8 p.m., March starting at 9 p.m. How can the black community know about a BLM event when it's a secret? Like I said, don't use Black Lives Matter as a disguise for your activism. Bravo. 100% bravo. I know it's super secret, but can't help F things up for the white leftist community. Bravo. (laughs) Look, man, 
These white leftist, progressive, wealthy people, they are hypocrites of the highest order. They are racist and they are pretending to support Black Lives Matter because Antifa is less palatable, uh, palpable, palatable, whatever. Uh, this person, Riot Barbie, says, who says the black community didn't know about it? Yikes, this is pretty effed up to put so many people in danger. Cry more. Icky says they're acting like this is only a white people thing tonight. The person who told me and asked me to only tell trusted friends is definitely a POC organizer who works with and respects the BIPOC community. And there were definitely BIPOC out there. So I really doubt that. Okay, cop. Rico is completely right. Blocked the narc. Did the secret event use the wrong hashtags? So here's this tweet from uh, uh, Vito on, 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 uh, on Twitter. Portland Antifa tried to illegally assemble last night, only to find themselves immediately ambushed by police. Turns out Antifa journalist Free Frico was mad at the event was organized by white people and leaked the plans out of spite. More than a dozen were arrested. Oh, yeah. And here we can see Ian Miles Chong tweeting. This is every Antifa militant who got arrested in Portland last night during their Black Lives Matter march that was cut short a few minutes in by police who gave them no no time to respond. They are all white. I'm sorry. Didn't that that other person just respond to Rico saying that there were definitely people of color involved in the organizing of this protest? Turns out they're all white, in which case sounds like Rico was correct. And I applaud Rico. I absolutely do. First of all, I'm not anti-cop. So if you want to report to the police as going to be a crime or unlawful activity, feel free to do so. Whereas the far leftists are like, if you tell the police, someone could die. There was that viral video from a CVS where some dudes were shoplifting and the store manager called the police, didn't press charges, just said, you know, ask them to leave and never come back. They gave back the merchandise they stole. And someone filmed them saying, by calling the police, you could have killed them. Shut up, you lunatics. The cops aren't going to show up and just randomly kill somebody. That's so insane. There are bad moments. There are instances where people are, say, you know, mentally ill and the police have killed them. I know about that. But come on, a routine shoplifting. These people are insane. But that's why I, 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 uh, I, I agree with Rico. I'm, I'm glad to see that a Black Lives Matter activist is pointing out all of these, you know, middle to upper class white people from Portland pretending to be anti-racist are staging these ridiculous pro-communist anti-capitalist marches and trying to use Black Lives Matter for political gain. Stop disguising your activism with Black Lives Matter. They're all, look at all, all the people got arrested. That's all white. All a bunch of white people, some with crazy hair. Well, here's the funny reaction we see from a ton of different people. Some people are saying, uh, LOL, they never told Black Lives Matter to begin with. Police chief, here's someone saying, police chief awards Rico key to the city for his help in removing dirty, disease-carrying rodents from the streets. Ha ha ha. Ian Miles Chong says, this tweet got a whole bunch of Antifa arrested in Portland last night. That and Rico actually tipped off the police about them. They were mad that Antifa is a white organization using black lives as an excuse to commit violence. Oh, I want to I want to give a standing ovation. Rico. This guy sided with the cops. Don't be like this traitor. Uh oh, traitor to you, Antifa. Black Lives Matter is fighting for something else. Effing based. Last night, there were mass arrests. This person who claims to be an independent reporter tweeted this out, deliberately placing individuals at risk. Shame on him and the others that do this. Look at this effing snitch, says some Black Lives Matter account. 
We have a snitch who caused mass arrest at a non-publicly planned protest. May they rot in hell. Snitches get stitches. The fact that you are unapologetic, blah, blah, blah. You know what, man? You want to talk about the legality of the arrest? I'm down to have a conversation. I mean, should these people have been arrested before anything happened? I, I think the problem is that you can't charge them with anything because you, you can't say that just because there's been 123 nights of ongoing riots that these individuals were the ones who committed the, the crime before. However, they may try and go for like Rico or conspiracy or something like that. And I think that's the move that's got to be made. I got to be honest with you. These people show up. They're wearing all black. They know what they're doing. They know what they, they know what they're involved in. And I'll put it this way. Some have argued uh, uh, during J. It was called J20. It was the protest when Trump got inaugurated. Apparently, it was originally set up for Hillary Clinton, but Trump won. So, you know, they went on protested anyway. Or that should, uh, they rioted. They smashed things up. When these people all got arrested, they got charged with conspiracy. All right. Now, the courts basically found that just because someone's wearing a black hoodie and sweatpants or a mask, you can't claim they conspired to be involved in the crime and you can't prove they committed it, creating a very difficult circumstance for the uh, for the DA, for the prosecution. However, I would like to posit, I would like to propose a, an idea that maybe justifies actually charging all of these people with conspiracy. Maybe it's true. Someone said, hey, we're going to have a protest. It's going to be against racism. It'll be peaceful. Oh, and wear a black uh, a black hoodie. Why? Just wear a black hoodie. And that person, having no idea what's going on, never having been to a protest, shows up, puts on a black hoodie and says, okay, I'm here. Like, what's happening? Oh, no, they're throwing bricks and Molotovs. What do I do? I'll stay here, I guess. You want to argue that person wasn't conspiring and wasn't involved? I understand what you're trying to say. It could just be some dopey moron, a useful idiot. But let's try that with any other crime. Someone says, hey, you want to come to our big hangout at the bank tomorrow? Make sure you wear a mask and a black hoodie. And they go, OK. Now, would a reasonable per- reasonable person have an understanding of why someone would show up wearing a hoodie and a mask to a bank? If you then show up and there's another group of there's a, with a group of people who show up at the same time and then you walk in the bank and then one of your cohorts wearing the same thing demands money. Guess what? You're going to be charged as an accomplice and potentially conspiring to commit a felony because you adorned the same outfit and are assisting. So here's what here's what I see as being uh, uh, which may act. So so the, the challenge with conspiracy is proving they knew what they were doing and they were involved. You can charge them as an accomplice or something. I would imagine I'm not a prosecutor or a lawyer, so I have no idea. But I'd imagine you could get that on something not necessarily conspiracy, but something akin, akin to aiding and abetting the rest of these people. And maybe the problem we see with like uh, uh, with what happened in uh, uh, Washington, D.C., when Trump got inaugurated was that they went for too harsh of charges, conspiracy instead of accomplice, because if someone smashed the window, that's a fire and you're wearing the same thing to protect them from police, you're aiding and abetting. I guess the challenge is they would need to target the specific people who started the fires. So. Not entirely sure, but I wanna, uh, let's move on from it because I want to talk a bit. I want to I want to give you an update on the story I did from this morning. As more information is coming out, it's really really important. But I want to talk about how the media is playing this, and how the left is desperately trying to defend this guy, this uh, far leftist. So, for those that aren't familiar, there was a actually I, I have the story right here. Patriot muster protester is seen in confrontation with another demonstrator before appearing to slap TV crew private security guard who then shot him dead after he fired mace. We have some updates and some clarifications. First, 
There's a series of photos that show from uh, amazing photographs from a great photographer, really, really great stuff, shows what happened. It looks like the security guard was trying to grab the can of mace from the Patriot, from the Trump supporter. The Trump supporter then slaps him in the face, knocking his hat off. The Trump supporter then takes two steps back. As he's doing this, you see the security guard grab his gun. In the next scene, the gun is already dis in the next photo, the gun is already discharged and the mace is being discharged. At that point, it's very likely the Trump supporter had already been shot in the face and he later died. What that says and the update we have is it looks like the Trump supporter was being attacked and was was trying to retreat. We also have a statement from the journalist herself who took the photos who said a man came up behind her and started yelling at the Trump supporter. So who was this guy? They've, they, they said initially that uh, the Denver Post initially said this was a left wing demonstrator. Let me show you this image. Will Summer is a tribalist partisan. Uh, you know, he, he, I wouldn't call him a journalist more. I, I would say he's more of an active belligerent in the culture war. If you would like to uh, say that I'm in a similar sense, then absolutely. He's not a neutral arbiter of fact. He's someone who tries to run cover for Antifa and other extremists. He said, here's how disinformation spreads. Someone is shot at a rally in Denver. Various right wing personalities instantly claim Antifa did it and rack up thousands of RTs. The police say the suspect wasn't connected to Antifa, but that gets a fraction of the attention. Well, that's half true. I don't understand why an Antifa aligned leftist would all of a sudden just believe the police. But sure, the police said they couldn't corroborate any affiliation. Well, it took the Internet only a few minutes to do so. Turns out this guy is a leftist. I wouldn't call him Antifa. But if Antifa is just an idea, well, then he literally is. He's not someone uh, the shooter was not someone going around waving Antifa flags. But in every other aspect, he would align perfectly with Antifa. Wearing a mask, wearing black, showing up, shooting a Trump supporter. Okay, fine. Andy No responded saying, your tweet is disinformation. I didn't instantly claim it was Antifa. I shared what was in the Denver Post report, which was written by a journalist on the ground. The report was later updated after police statement contradicted the journalist's reporting. I added that in my thread. So this is how the left launders information. When the story first broke, I took a screenshot of the Post Millennial where Andy No writes for it. Even though this is important, the Denver Post definitively stated that it was a left wing demonstrator. The Denver Post said a left wing demonstrator shot a right wing demonstrator. And, you know, and the Post Millennial still said alleged Antifa. Now, that to me is a sign of good journalistic ethics. They did not independently corroborate. So they didn't take the Denver Post at their word and added alleged Later on, they went on to say it was a private security guard with no affiliation because the Denver police didn't actually do an investigation. They just saw them say that's our security guard. Oh, it wasn't a protester. Well, upon doing some basic sleuthing, it turns out the guy is. Take a look. The tattoo for the Denver shooter likely says sub dot mission. You can see there's clearly three letters, then some kind of break and potentially a period followed by another word. We can see this. A flyer from the shooter's Facebook page. It says Electronic Tuesdays with Matt the Alien, sub dot mission. The potential for moving people through sound, not hype, and the Space Invaders logo. Thus, it would seem the image, on the, the tattoo on his wrist says sub dot mission with the Space Invaders logo. A lot of people are trying to claim that Space Invaders is an Antifa symbol. It's not. That's like saying the OK symbol is a white supremacist symbol. 
Space Invader is just a very, very, very popular video game. It's very prominent in street art. Space Invaders are prominent street artists. Just because somebody has a Space Invader tattoo doesn't make them Antifa. Just because someone gives an okay hand sign does not mean they're flashing white power. This is likely just sub.mission. But submission supports the riots, okay? Please just bear with me. Sub.mission tweeted, we stand with you, Denver. Donate to the Denver Sound System protest, June 3rd, 2020. What was happening in, happening in Denver on June 3rd? The George Floyd riots, as we've even seen from the first story I covered about the protests in Portland, started uh, at the end of May. The protest ignited May 28th. Now, depending on what your number is, sure, fine. They say 125th, 130th, whatever. May 28th was when the start of the protests happened. This post from Submission in support of someone raising, presumably raising their fist because it's cut off, but she's wearing a mask and it says, you know, support the protest. There are other protest, other posts from Submission saying they are accepting money to bail people out. They absolutely supported the riots. This guy was sent on the ground to a Trump rally and he was overtly a leftist. And that's just beyond irresponsible. We've got some more I want to show you. In one video, you can hear someone yell, it was a white supremacist right in the dome. F yeah. And people are cheering. This is the kind of stuff that uh, that nightmares are made of. I tell you what, these people were cheering as that man lay dying. And apparently this is the guy. And this and this is one of the just the saddest stories, man. In Miles Chong, he wasn't a white supremacist. He loved his country. I have not independently verified this. It's just a tweet from Ian Miles Chong of two men smiling. And it looks like the guy on the right of the screen with the twisted hat is they, they say he's the guy. I don't know for sure. I don't know the guy's name. It's just what's go, just what's going around. But either way, man, when I, I remember when Charlottesville happened and that, you know, nearly brought me to tears, this horrifying moment. I'm just sick of the violence. And the same thing with this guy right here. Apparently, uh, there's the, Ian has other posts and the guy was like making cowboy hats. He was profiled by the Denver Post. Why was he shot in the face? For what? Because he had mace? That dude should have retreated. He's been charged with first degree murder. And I hope that, you know, I hope that these people get, uh, I hope that there's justice. I, I do. And whatever form that takes, maybe he'll plead down, whatever. But he had no reason to shoot this guy in the face over tear gas, over, over mace. That's insane. I just, I, you know, I, 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 I want to say I can't believe that we've made it to this point, but uh, we absolutely have. And this, and this photo is really, really sad. I'm assuming it's the guy, you know, again, I didn't independently verify. And I'll tell you what worries me. Joe Biden says the only way he can lose in November is through chicanery at, uh, at the polls and accuses Trump of putting people with rifles in polling places, increasing fears that neither side will accept an election defeat. That's right. That's exactly right. Trump says, you know, we won't lose unless they cheat. Biden says we won't lose unless they cheat. Both sides are going to accuse each other of cheating. And unless there's a landslide, I'm not even convinced in a landslide things will uh, will simmer down. I think that even if Biden wins, you're going to have a lot of people left and right. Like, like I was saying earlier, the protests on J20 for, for Trump were supposed to be for Hillary. You think they're going to they're going to just stop riding if Joe Biden wins? Why does Joe Biden control Antifa? No, they're going to protest him, too. But they're going to hope that he bends the knee. They may take that. Donald Trump, they'll absolutely riot. And I'm wondering about what the right will do, because we've already seen. Uh, and I'll, I'll put it this way. 
Not that we've already seen. We, we've seen right wing militias going out armed. We haven't seen them do anything particularly crazy. They try to claim the crazy guys in Michigan were right wing militias, but they were anti-governmental extremists who are, you know, trying to, you know, whatever. They're anti-government. Some of them hated the Constitution. Some of them liked it. Some of them hated Trump. Some of them were pro-Black Lives Matter. It was just an, an eclectic group of anti-government individuals. But what about the real right wing? What about the real militias? I've had people say to me that the real militias in this country, you won't know about. They don't broadcast. They don't go on social media. They don't march around. They're operating. They have communication lines. They have food ready. They have camps ready. They know what they're doing. I wonder what they're going to do if Biden wins. I have no idea. Maybe nothing. Maybe life will just carry on. I guess we'll uh, we'll see in less than one month. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. It is my main channel, which is different from this one. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. As an addendum to my main segment over at youtube.com slash timcast, I wanted to highlight some of the stories I didn't get to. Notably this, thousands of Cubans and Latinos for Trump hold a massive anti-communist caravan in Miami to liberate the U.S. from socialist ideology. As NBC poll finds, Florida's Hispanic community is split between the two nominees. And the funny thing about this is that I was told that anti-communism was white supremacist. So are these Latinos for Trump white supremacists? Well, I'd be willing to bet the left will say, yes, they are, because apparently race has nothing to do with it anymore. And whiteness means something nebulous. I think the whole idea uh, like the, the reason the left is embracing this concept of whiteness is because they realize the racism card isn't working anymore. The Democrats relied on the idea of racism to get votes. And now that it's just not really that powerful anymore, because look, you know, they kind of won. They have to change it. So now white isn't about the color of your skin. It's a concept called whiteness. And thus, thousands of Cubans and Latinos who don't like communism will probably be called white supremacists. Let's read the story. They say thousands of Cubans, Venezuelans and other conservative Latinos convened in Miami to attend an anti-communist caravan, flying flags in support of Trump. The parade called the anti-communist caravan of freedom and democracy convened at the Magic City Casino on Saturday morning. Various reports estimate somewhere between 20,000 to 30,000 cars in attendance for the caravan. Demonstrators had flags for Trump re- Trump's re-election along with Cuban flags and other country flags. Several people sported huge blowups of Trump uh, of Trump's face, waving signs that slammed the supposed increase of communist ideology in the country. Now, on the surface, it looks just like one of the one of these old Trump parades, a peaceful protest and a peaceful protest done right. But this one's special. This one's anti-communist. The reason this is significant is that the far left has been increasingly embracing communist, socialist, and far-left ideology. Many of the people that are in Florida that have emigrated to this country, have immigrated to this country, come from places like Venezuela or Cuba, where socialism, far-leftism, communism have destroyed their way of life and caused them to flee. Now imagine if you would, you're in a despotic nightmare dystopia, and you flee and escape only to come to a country where they are starting to show signs of a nightmarish, nightmarish, despotic dystopia emerging. Yeah, you'd probably protest against that, too. So my respect to these people for standing up for America. They say, say no to socialism and communism. One sign read while a number of protesters expressed similar some uh, uh, similar sentiments in Spanish. A number of cars had passengers holding Latinos for Trump signs as they sped along. 
Several cars also had thin blue line flags in support of law enforcement. In some cases, vehicles appeared packed with people inside who were excited to take part in the festivities. An NBC Marist poll of Florida, vote, uh, Florida of Florida voters, sorry, released last month found Latinos in the state about evenly divided between former Vice President Joe Biden and Trump. A major change from the same poll in 2016, when Democrat Hillary Clinton led Trump by 59% to 36%. Donald Trump cannot lose, at least Florida. I've done the numbers. Maybe the numbers are all wrong. I have no idea what's going to happen, but I'll just say it anyway. How could he possibly lose? There was a, a, a chart called Swing the Election by NBC where you could change slider bars to, uh, uh, to like increase the amount of votes from certain demographics. If Donald Trump received, I think it was something like 18% more from, from Hispanic voters in the US, he would win if nothing else changed. If he gets, I think, 3% more of the black vote and 5% of the Hispanic vote, he wins. You mean to tell me in Florida, Hillary Clinton led Trump by 59% to 36, and now Trump has evened the playing field? Come on, man. Tell me Trump's going to lose. I won't believe it. Sorry. You can show me all the polls in the world. We can see there. These people love Trump. This is hilarious. But a Monmouth University poll also conducted last month found Biden well ahead of Trump. You see, this is why the polls don't mean anything. Why should I believe any one of these polls for or against Trump? And that's why I'm always critical of even polls that make Trump look good. Like there's this poll going around from Gallup that says people are uh, say they're better off now than four years ago. And I'm like, I know it's great for Trump. Why should I believe it? There's other signs that Trump is going to win and massive parades of Hispanic voters isn't the only sign. But let me tell you this. If you're going to come out with a Monmouth poll saying that Trump is doing worse than than Biden and and, and worse now than than in 2016, I'm sorry, man, I just don't believe it. You mean to tell me that after four years of record low unemployment rates for all of these different communities, Trump is doing worse? Nah, nah, especially with the rise of the far left. We've had four years of insane far left BS. And you think these these Cuban and Venezuelans are going to be like, I'm OK with this. I won't do anything. And you mean to tell me that with these massive rallies, people driving their cars through the streets, you mean to tell me that Trump is doing worse? We didn't have this back in 2016, 2015. Nah, man. I'll tell you what I'm seeing. I'm seeing people are stepping up and rising up and they're going to vote for Trump. But I got I got to be honest. I got to be honest. I got to show you this opinion piece from Town Hall. You see in my main channel segment, as I mentioned, this is an addendum. They said Trump is going to win. And here's why. Well, Town Hall being the fair and balanced outlet says signs that Trump isn't going to win on November 3rd. This is from Kevin McCullough. And you really need to hear this one, Trump supporters. It's a strong and stern wake up call. He goes on to say it's a foregone conclusion. It must be faced. Republicans uh, have worried. Democrats have gloated. Libertarians, independents, reformers, they've all weighed in. We must acknowledge Trump is just not capable of winning this November 3rd. I know, I know. You're saying, Tim, how can this be? It's actually really simple. He says, Democrats have finally found that perhaps they finally found their silver bullet. Russia hoax, impeachment, lockdown, economic, evaporative economic policies, debate bluffs, COVID contractions. Not all, he says, which, um, yeah, none of this has worked. Not even Nancy Pelosi's prayers for the president's health could keep him in the hospital for more than three days. And he says, so no, Donald Trump just doesn't have what it takes to just win on November 3rd. Wait a minute. Just win. Huh? What? Uh oh, because he's going to absolutely crush the election that day. A Trump landslide. Ha 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 ha. 
And there's the joke. Thanks for bearing with me. Town Hall, very hilarious. They put out another story saying, you know, this time Trump can't win. And it's because he's going to landslide. There's a difference. No, okay, it's the same thing. They're making a joke. Will Donald Trump landslide? That's a bold question. Part of me seems to think it may actually be the case. And it's because I think, you know, maybe the polls just are broken, completely broken. Look, when you tell me a poll has Trump down in Florida with Hispanic voters from where he was, but they're putting on parades for the guy. I mean, come on, dude. Trump didn't have parades from the Latino community last time. I mean, maybe he did. Whatever. I don't know. I didn't see him. And I covered a ton of these Trump rallies. I was in Fort Lauderdale, Florida for a Trump rally. And I talked to a lot of people, but there were no massive parades for the man. Now, you want to come out with these polls saying Trump is doing worse than ever. Some people think the polls are an attempt to demoralize the Trump base, but they don't understand. Many of these Trump voters who went out and voted the first time are doing it to feel good. Do you know why Antifa smashes windows and romps about? Not because they have a goal in mind. It's because to them, smashing a Starbucks window feels good. Starbucks is a symbol of something they hate. And they don't know what they hate or why. They might claim to, but they really don't. They're just angry. And so they see a Starbucks and they throw a brick. And for a brief moment, it feels good. Oh, that Starbucks window. Oh, made me so angry. Well, now it's broken and we win. Of course, it solves nothing. It changes nothing. It's just a symbol. The same is true for Trump supporters. Donald Trump is a symbol, but he's a different kind of symbol. He's a symbol of somebody coming to tell the establishment to F off. And so guess what? You can smack him around. You can punch him in the gut. You can mock, belittle, and berate the Trump voters, and all it does is embolden them. Every single time you put out a poll saying they're stupid, slack-jawed yokels, they get angrier, and it makes them want to go out and vote more. It makes me want to go out and vote. I am sick of the lies. I am sick of the absurdity, of the elitism, of the condescension. And so when people go on November 3rd to vote, they will, they're going to punch that voting machine for Donald Trump. They are not, they're not just going to tap D and, or I'm sorry, R and say, Donald Trump. I said D for Donald, but as actually R for Republican. They're not going to walk in and say, hmm, what's this one? I guess I'll do Donald Trump. No, they're going to go in all of that rage and they are going to figuratively throw a brick through that window by tapping Donald Trump. And it's going to feel good. Maybe just for a moment. So Michael Moore said the biggest F you in the history of the world. He predicted Trump's victory. And then he went on to say these people will be happy for a short while and eventually they'll realize the mistake they made. And he was wrong about that. No, these people went in with a big F you slammed it down and got the best economy in generations. The best numbers of our lives, says Jim Cramer. How many gener- how many how many generations are currently alive today? Four. So, yes, in generations, the people who voted for Trump were happy they voted for Trump and they're going to go to the voting booth again with that big old F you to the establishment, no matter what you say. And that's what they don't get. No amount of, of fake news stories, no amount of smears, no amount of insults. Here's what you got to understand. They say that there is high enthusiasm for Donald Trump. That's true. They say there's low enthusiasm for Joe Biden. But let me tell you the truth. There's, there's enthusiasm for Donald Trump. 
And there is kind of some enthusiasm for Joe Biden. But for the left, their actual enthusiasm is against Trump. And for the right, much of their enthusiasm is to send a flying F you to the establishment. And that's it. It could be Trump. It could be anybody. So long as they're going to put the establishment in their place, even for just one brief moment, tell the establishment to, to screw off. That's all that matters. So I ask you, there's enthusiasm for Trump. There's enthusiasm against Trump. But have these pollsters polled enthusiasm against the machine and the establishment? No. And that's what they're not factoring in. How many people are going to go to the voting booth? They're not caring about Trump and just saying, I am sick of all of these people in Congress. Every single one of them. Save Rand Paul. Rand Paul's all right. He gets a free pass. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard's cool, but she's not running again. So there's uh, Matt Gates is all right. Holly's OK. Most of these people in Congress, everybody hates most of these people in government. They just don't like. And you know what? They've found their path to an F you and it'll be the biggest you thought 2016 was big. 2020 might be bigger. But let's be honest. I don't know what's going to happen. Trump could lose. So no, don't, don't take my word for it. We'll see what happens. I got a couple more segments in just a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. This is the end of California as we know it. But it's going to shape the fabric of this country for decades to come. Bill Maher slams California's super high taxes, cites Joe Rogan, Ben Shapiro as part of state's exodus. Quote, I feel like I'm living in Italy in the 1970s or something. Marr tells Rep. Adam Schiff, oh, liberal Bill Marr, you're so close. I was once a big fan of Bill Marr, watching real time all the time. It's a fun show to watch. I still think Bill's pretty great. I get annoyed by his Trump derangement syndrome. It's crazy to me that he can he can be saying these things and just not realize what he's really getting at. Now, I consider myself to be liberal in the uh, traditional sense of American politics of our generation. What does that mean? I am not a classical liberal. Sorry. A lot of people keep saying it. It's not true. I've never been a classical liberal. I'm not one now. I agree with many tenets of classical liberalism, but I'm actually a social liberal. What does that mean? I actually like the idea of government social programs. I actually think we can pass laws to fix in, uh, inequality in this country. Let me explain what that means. I do not believe that these racist, you know, policies being put forth by the intersectional left are going to solve things. A social liberal, as I, believes in things like the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Hey, you shouldn't be able to discriminate based on these factors. That means I believe that if a if there is a bakery and a gay couple comes in, you give them a cake. You service them. Now, to get specific on that, because I know people are going to complain, I'm not saying that you have to provide a specific message. That was the real complaint about the bakery and that whole lawsuit was that the baker said, I will give you any cake we have available, but I won't write that message. That's a speech issue. And that's an interesting conversation. And he won that. And you know what? I understand. I do kind of think you don't need to, you know, just because you're you're writing something on, on a cake or whatever. I personally wouldn't take that as my speech, but I got to be honest. If someone came into my show and said, I demand you let me say certain really offensive things, I say, no, like, I'm not going to let you come in and, and say certain things that would be harmful to what I believe in. And I think the left would agree with that. But as a social liberal, I think, uh, you know, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 is a good thing. And I am horrified by the fact that Democrats are trying to repeal California's Civil Rights Act. But anyway, more to the point. 
Joe, uh, Bill, Bill Maher is supposed to be right there with me on this, but he's so obsessed and, and, and his hate for Donald Trump. You can't figure out what's going on around him. Joe Rogan is not a conservative. Ben Shapiro is. We got bipartisan exodus from California, dude. Now, Bill Maher can point out cancel culture is insane. And here he is saying, I don't know what I'm getting for my taxes. And people are leaving. Yeah, dude, it's because the policies have failed. Just because I think we can have social programs doesn't mean I think that the current system's working. There's, there's, at a certain point, we have to like uh, get rid of these programs and try again or change what we're doing. We can't just do the same thing over and over again. So I tell you this right now, at this point, in the next couple of years, considering the failures of the Democrats, you know what? I'm going to defer to Republicans. Yep, outright. You know why? Because I can recognize when I'm wrong. It's that simple. I still believe that there are many things you know, uh, about my, my views, my philosophies, my ideology that are correct. But considering the damage we've seen from, from New York to California and what these Democrat governors are doing, I'll tell you what. I recently moved out of, uh, uh, well, I, I, I still live in the New Jersey area, but I'm in the process of, of moving out and setting up this new studio, which is why we've been filming in the new location for quite some time. But I, I do still live in the South Jersey area for the time being. And I, I, I feel like if I move to a red state and, and a red area, I shouldn't bring those policies with me. I shouldn't. So check it out. Let me just show you a quick bit of this before I get into what, what's really going on. They say during an interview with Adam Schiff, Bill Maher acknowledged that local issues were not the congressman's domain, but said he still felt the need to be a little bit, you know, complain. There is an exodus, he said. California businesses are leaving the state in droves. In, in 2018 and 19, which were economic boom years, 765 commercial facilities left, 13,000 between 2009 and 2016. Look, I came out here in 1983. I found paradise. I love California. I do. I don't want to leave. But I feel like I'm living in Italy in the 70s or something. Super high taxes, potholes in the road, fires. I don't know what I'm getting for my super high taxes. <clears throat> Bill, you're not getting anything. You're getting Adam Schiff complaining about Trump. But I guess that plays into your Trump derangement syndrome. So congratulations. The HBO star circled back to the idea of the exodus, telling Schiff, People talk about this a lot now, and people are leaving. Like in my industry, Joe Rogan left, Ben Shapiro, Elon Musk talks about leaving. What do you say about that as a California rep? Well, I think we have to make every effort to make this a more business-friendly state, Schiff responded. And I don't think there's anything incompatible with being progressive and also wanting to make sure that this place, this is a place that businesses can survive and thrive. <laughs> oh, please, dude. No, I'm not buying it. Rogan, host of the popular podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience, left the Golden State in August to Texas. Last month, Ben Shapiro went to Nashville. Okay, Ben Shapiro going to Nashville, sure, fine. Joe Rogan going to Texas, mm, nah, oh man. You know, there's a funny comic. It's Joe Rogan leaving California, and he's carrying a suitcase that says liberal policies as he's walking into Texas. And here we go, baby. From California Matters, how California expats are helping turn Texas into a battleground state. Helping turn Texas. They're happy about it. People are fleeing California because they're failed policies and then voting for the same failed policies in Texas. And this is why I defer to the locals when uh, I, you know, as I begin my move. I'm not going to come to a red district state or city or whatever and then be like, no, I demand my socially liberal policy. I'm going to be like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay out of this one because, you know, the place where I came from kind of didn't do all that well. And I'm not going to contribute 
So I'll voice my concerns over certain issues, but I'm going to mostly hang back. And look, I'm in a place, if, if I'm in a place that's really nice, I'm going to leave it to him. You know what I mean? Apparently, Ben Shapiro made a joke where he said something like, have, have them all rush into California. And then once the, the leftists have left California, all the conservatives can, can flood in and then turn California red, which would be kind of funny. And I tell you what, it's true. Texas is turning into a battleground state because people from California are moving to Texas. And it happened to Colorado as well. And that's going to be bad. Not because I think that Republicans are all, you know, 100% correct, but that I think we need a balance. We need a real conversation around, you know, what is the right way to, to move the country and a debate over ideas. We're not going to get that if we just have hordes of leftists flood in and then vote and then flip a state. The state needs to figure out for itself. One of the biggest problems I see with this, and, and, and look, you got to understand something. The, 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 between states, there are no borders. And so that's one of the biggest problems we have is that people will immediately come into a new area and dramatically influence how that area functions without having been there and understanding it. So let's take a look at like the frack fields of North Dakota or whatever. For the most part, this is just an example of an area with a very specific industry. There are leftists who hate the frack fields. They say it's really, really bad. And they're huge, mind you. I'm, I don't know if they're still there, but I know it was a big issue several years ago. If you moved there as a leftist and then voted to ban fracking, you would just wipe out the town and you wouldn't know anything about the town. You wouldn't know what the frack fields do for those towns. And you'd be like, but fracking is bad. Therefore, you'd vote for people who would ban it. And then there would be nothing and they would fall apart. So that seems like a really bad idea to come into an area where you don't know what the local industry is. You don't know where the economy is, what strengthens the economy and what the, the GDP is. And you're going to make all these votes on how taxes should be spent. And then guess what? The place you move to becomes as bad as the place you came from, which is why I think it's a serious problem. Now, I'll tell you this. In my opinion, I'm not going to move to I'm not, I'm not moving to Texas. I had a lot of people say, come on, come on down to Texas. Come to Dallas or Austin because so many people there. Oh, you got Joe Rogan. You got Crowder. You got Glenn Beck. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. First of all, I'm not going to bring my policies down anywhere I go. So it's not really relevant for the most part. I could go to Texas in that regard. But I don't want to go to Texas because all the California people are going there and, the, and Texas is going to turn blue. I'm not going to move to a blue area where there's all these problems just to have more problems rise. I'm going to sit back and go to a red area and mind my own business, at least for the time being, until these cities and these states have a correction and get rid of the lunatics that have run them into the ground. There is an exodus from California. Bill Maher, liberal, is complaining about taxes. Something is not working. Y'all need to wake up. I'm not saying Republicans are doing it completely correctly, but I'm telling you, whatever is going on, something's happening pretty good in the Republican areas and really bad in the cities. Now, I know the left immediately says, yeah, but the cities are what generate generates the, the, all, all the money. Not anymore. We can work remotely. And if that's the case, we're going to watch these cities crumble. But then these people are going to leave and they're going to work remote and bring their policies with them. Now, I'll tell you what. Ultimately, I don't care. If, you know, people for Kamala Harris or whatever want to move to Texas and have a good time and, and, and vote how they want, I think that's just how this country works. I personally won't do it. And I don't want to move to an area that will do something like that. I don't know what the answers are, I don't know what the solutions are. I know that spending, you know, massive, a, a, having a massive tax bill that gets you nothing seems to make literally no sense. So, you know, 
I do like the idea that we will have people from cities moving into red areas for one reason, though, that people can come together. The one thing I really like about this Cal Matters thing, I don't like the idea of flipping the state's politics if you don't understand it. But I do like the idea that you'll at least have because, look, it goes two ways. The people from California will come and provide their perspectives to people in Texas. The people from rural areas will get to see a perspective from people from city areas. And hopefully the good remains. So, for instance, this this photo we have here, if these people come to Texas, I think they can share some very powerful insights and be a massive benefit to Texas. For one, new workers, new economic boosts, new demand. These are all really, really good things. Turning into a swing state can be bad because I think a lot of people might not understand how the GDP, how the economy functions in these areas. But I also think so long as we can make sure there is a rational argument and the, the, the state can maintain what's helping make it grow, it will be a major boon for this country. Why? Well, wouldn't it be awesome if these people, USC Medicine, Kamala Harris, or the people got to meet some Texas conservatives and share some ideas with them as well? I think that's just a big net positive. And that's what diversity was supposed to be, diversity of opinion. That is a really, really good thing. But if you only get a massive influx of people and there's no conversation and the state flips, well, now it's just being burnt down. I'm not for that, but I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. Comedy is dying, I guess. The internet is doing bad things to it. Political tribalism is as well. I recently made a tweet, and I know people on Twitter don't know what jokes are, but I, I just love it now. I, there, there was a point where like, I made a joke, and then the left went crazy, thinking it was real. And I was like, oh man, what do I do? I, this was a joke, obviously. And like they still didn't get it, and they're like, no, you're backtracking. And I'm like, oh, these people are too stupid. Now I revel in it. I made a joke about Greta Thunberg and the left went insane. And now I I just think it's funny because these people are nuts. Well, Bill Burr, who's hilarious, by the way, did an amazing uh, opening set for Saturday Night Live. He made some pro-woke jokes about, you know, Black Lives Matter, dragged white feminists, dragged cancel culture, and made a joke about Pride Month being a month long. The funny thing is, even though what he did tried to play both sides, in my opinion, it's not the right that wants to cancel him. You know what? You know what I think? Like one of the biggest fa- one of the biggest uh, dividers in the tribal uh, in the culture war is people with senses of humor and people without. So I hear a joke from Bill Burr and he's like, you know, the woke movement was supposed to be about people of color getting their opportunities, which they were, you know, deserve for a long time and aren't getting them. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, wokeness. But you know, I'm not going to drag Bill Burr. He's funny. And he says, and then white feminists come in with their Gucci bags and they're like, I'm so oppressed. And I left. Okay. Yeah, I get it. He's making this thing where it's like woke is about people of color and these white women are so offensive. And I, I kind of roll my eyes at a lot of these. These are real ideas put forth by the woke left, but ultimately it was a well-delivered set. And I'm not getting bent out of shape because he made a joke about something. He goes on to make jokes about cancel culture, which are funny. He goes on to say, you know, I, I see all these people around me and I have no idea what's going on. And then someone says it's Pride Month. And I'm like, ah, and he, and he talks about like coming out of the Matrix, tank tops, you know, gay men everywhere. 
And he's like, but isn't a month a little long? And he's like, why did Black History Month only, only get February? It's 20 days. It was a really, really funny set. The funny thing is they're trying to cancel him for it. Bill Burr, in my opinion, was trying to make a set that kind of would work for both sides. Cancel culture is bad. You know, wokeness is really about people of color. It doesn't matter. You, you try to pander to the left. They're coming for you anyway. And that's pathetic. I got no beef with Bill Burr. I don't, I got no beef with anybody who makes woke jokes or whatever. And, you know, there's criticisms to go around for everybody, myself included. I think we're all adults. We can have a good laugh and move on. The left won't do it. I'll probably get canceled for this. Comedian Bill Burr triggers woke internet warriors with hilarious SNL monologue that pokes fun at cancel culture, gay pride, and defends John Wayne. Yup. He actually defended the, the, you know, wokeness to a degree and then defended uh, John Wayne. They tried, they tried to cancel John Wayne. Apparently he's, he's been dead for a long time. And here's what we get. Uh, Justin Kirkland. That was the worst SNL monologue I've seen in years. Oh, grow up, dude. No, it wasn't. Bill Burr is doing exactly what you'd think he was going to do. Make you uncomfortable and effing killing the stage. You'll love to see it. I did. But apparently a bunch of people got really offended that he made these jokes. Here's what he said. He said he asked a doorman why the city was so full of people and was told it was temporary that they were in town for June's gay pride month, at which point it clicked in Bill Burr's head. Tank tops, zero percent body fat, two guys kissing. I didn't know that. He said, that's a little long, don't you think? For a group of people who were never enslaved, Burr joked as the audience chuckled nervously. I love it. This is funny. He says, how did they get all of June? Dude, black people were actually enslaved. They get February. They get 28 days of overcast weather. The sun goes down at four in the afternoon. Everybody's shivering. Nobody wants to go on the parade. It's actually really funny. How about you hook them up with July? Bill Burr asked, pointing out, these are equator people. Give them the sun for 31 days. There's gay black people. They could celebrate from June 1st to July 31st. 61 days of celebrating. Following his monologue, social media lit up with criticism. Vulture critic Jen Cheney tweeted, there is no real time for that Bill Burr monologue. But I'll tell you what, now is not it. Wait, there is no real time for it. Not everyone was quick to slam Burr, though. Bill Burr makes valid points about cancel culture, trying to cancel everything in sight. Then delivers jokes designed to prove that exact point. And Twitter took the bait. Comedy is not for you. It's about you. Bill Burr. <laughs> My word. Bill Burr has been a comedian since 92 and landed acting roles in shows, including Breaking Bad, The Heat, Date Night. He also has a podcast, Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast. He is known for his rage-fueled comedy that has no time for PC culture. I think it was fantastic. He goes on to make fun of people who won't wear masks. So he's poking fun at everybody. Well-deserved, good show. I remember I went to a Joe Rogan show in Philly, and it was amazing. Look, you watch the Joe Rogan podcast because you think it's good conversation. Seriously, go to one of his shows. That dude knows how to how to make people laugh. I, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Two shows I've been to in my life where I thought I was like probably going to asphyxiate because I couldn't stop laughing. And it was Jonathan Pye and Andrew Doyle's, uh, uh, you know, it's the Jonathan Pye show. And Andrew Doyle who does Titanium McGrath and Joe Rogan. Joe's show was amazing because he made fun of Trump supporters and Hillary supporters and everyone laughed about it. Everybody had a good time. He also made jokes about cats yelling at birds, which was particularly funny, especially if you have cats. And that's what I like to see. If you're a comedian, you got to make fun of everybody. Good. Make fun of everybody. So Bill Burr is like making fun of people who won't wear masks. And he's like, good. He's like, kill your family. I don't care. Get rid of them. Then you can't have kids. 
It was great. It's a joke. Bill Burr obviously doesn't want to kill your family. There was one, I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Ricky Gervais, where he was complaining about how he can't have peanuts on an airline anymore because people are allergic and die. And the joke is, he doesn't really want people to die. It's just a joke that's supposed to be shocking. That's the humor in it. The humor is gone. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you now my passive attempt at humor. Look, I don't consider myself to be a comedian. I don't know if I'm funny or nor do I care. I don't write jokes. I don't do that for a living. I don't try to write jokes. Sometimes I, I maybe, you know, in, in my exuberance, my exasperation, people might laugh. Sometimes I say things that might be funny, but I don't write any of this down. I just talk. I got no script. Okay. Well, I saw a tweet. Teen climate change activist Greta Thunberg endorses Biden. And I immediately laughed because who cares? What does this mean? I don't care that she endorsed Biden. You've got British people on YouTube endorsing Donald Trump. You've got Canadians endorsing Donald Trump or Biden. I don't care. So I jokingly tweeted, this is foreign, in- foreign election interference of the highest order. Sweden must answer for this collusion. Okay. Most people on the right understood the joke. It was, it was sarcastic. It was, no, I, I, maybe facetious is the right way to put it. Listen, Greta Thunberg coming out and saying Joe Biden's a better president is not <laughs> interference at all. It's not. And, and it's Sweden must answer for this collusion. Greta Thunberg doesn't act on behalf of the Swedish government. <laughs> I can't believe people didn't get this. No, I can believe it. I can absolutely believe it. Um, but I'm loving it. Like this, this one dude went off. He was like, you're so dumb. Why do you keep doing this to yourself, Tim? And I just, I woke up in the morning and I'm getting these notifications from people who are like, leave Greta alone. You know, this is not interference. Well, uh, listen, man, Russia, for what, for what it's worth, at least tried to like buy ads and manipulate people in this country. And they run two news outlets, RT and Sputnik. Greta Thunberg is not interfering of the highest order. She just endorsed Biden. She doesn't work for the Swedish government. So why would Sweden have to answer for collusion? Okay, people not understand these things. Greta Thunberg does not work with Joe Biden. They are not colluding to steal an election. I, I Look, man, if you are too stupid to realize this and you're going to start screaming and complaining, let me just tell you what this is. It's an IQ test. I'm going to take all the tweets laughing at it and all the tweets shocked by it and then separate by political tribe and graph it out. You know why? The conservatives aren't going to be angry. Some of them are probably like, you're right, Tim, because they don't understand it either. But the left, look at this, this guy, Mike P. Williams. Why do you keep doing this to yourself, Tim? Ladies and gentlemen, I believe I have a a, a shocking announcement in response to my what I thought was a very obvious joke. Mike P. Williams says, why do you keep doing this to yourself? Mike, who are you? Manchester, England. I say, good sir, this is not becoming of a gentleman. That's actually how I responded to him. I was like, let me translate my retort to British English for you. These posts are not becoming of a gentleman, sir. I bid you good day. Because that's like the joke of the British. You know, they don't really yell at you, I guess. Uh, no, I'm kidding. What you mean to tell me this guy took it seriously? I'm actually kind of impressed they did. It's an IQ test. Look at this. 
Ryan, talking about endorsements, the Taliban endorsed Donald Trump. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about Greta Thunberg and I don't care about Donald Trump getting endorsed by the Taliban. So what? Donald Trump is pulling trips out of Afghanistan and he wants to end the war in Afghanistan. So what? Here's one. So much for their framed Swedish neutrality. (laughs) I hope that's a joke. Swiss neutrality. Anyway, humor is dead. Bill Burr is hilarious. Joe Rogan's hilarious. Grow up, people. Laugh a little bit. And if you took this seriously, well, I, I just don't care. But if you took it seriously and then got angry about it, and started tweeting at me, I just, I just revel in it. Okay, please, by all means, left, keep quote tweeting this. It's an IQ test and you've failed it. And I don't care what you think. You're making me laugh. I hope you provide many laughs to many more people when they're like, uh, dude, are you really that dumb? I had a friend tell me, Tim, people believe these things you post. You need to make sure you label them as jokes because you're a journalist. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I don't care. (laughs) Dude, I have a right to post silly nonsense all day, every day, okay? I can do whatever I want. If people can't tell the difference, well, then you know what? Too bad. I don't care. If, if, If a random person can post some garbage nonsense and you don't care about that, then I can post my, post my garbage nonsense. Oh, oh, here they come with, with great power comes great responsibility, Tim. With great follower count comes great responsibility. Yes, sure, somewhat. But if someone with 10 followers tweeted a death threat, I'd be this, I'd be equally as mad as if somebody with a million followers did it. And if someone with 10 followers or a million followers posted a stupid joke, I would just be like, it's a joke. Welcome to the internet, friends. Is this your first time? Hmm, yes. Sometimes people are joking. Try and read through things. But you know, when you don't, when people don't have a sense of humor, this is what you get. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out. Have a laugh, please. And I'll see you all next time.